Today's scripture reading is from the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th to 20th verse. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not, be, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Sometimes we don't even get to that point in the body of Christ. We just continue to do what we've done, what we've always done. And, and we don't, we, it's like at some point, and I mean, I've, I've had the audacity, Pastor Nate, I've had the audacity in, in situations where I will, I literally, audibly sat and asked God, is this good for you? Because truth be told, it's really not doing a thing for me right now. But I want to know, is this good for you? Are you, are you gaining praise? Are you, are you, are, is, this a, is this a sweet aroma? Are you inhaling this, so to speak, metaphorically? Uh, are, are you taking this in and it's like, man, this is good. My creation's praising me. I love it. Or do we just continue to do what we've done and do it again and God is like, I don't want this. You're bringing me flowers and I want a meal and, 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 and you're not happy and God's not happy and before you know it, we're all in Abilene. How did we get there? How did, how did, why, why are we there? So that's what this is all about. This, is, this whole sermon, uh, this mini-series, if you will, is all about... Uh, really dialing in um, to what is the church. Because week in, week out, day in, day out, all across the country, people are going to buildings that they call the church. They call, the, where are you going this morning? I'm going to church. They don't mean any harm, but you know, with, with a little bit of thinking, you'll recognize that, that the church can't be a building. Uh, you know, it, it, it cannot be. Uh, but we understand what, you know, it's like, well, we do understand, but before you know it, our behavior will start to respond in that way that we continue to articulate day in, day out. Well, I'm going to church. So what does that mean? One thing it does mean is that on those days we're not at church, we can behave not in a church-like manner. I don't have to be holy because, you know, in the temple, you remember, you know, the priest, you had, the priest had to had the rope around the, 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 the ankle, you know, why? Because if they had messed up and they didn't tell you, you know, Pastor Meeks looks good, he's dressed nice, he didn't kick the cat or whatever, uh, but all of a sudden he falls down dead. What happened? There was sin in his life. I'm not going in there to get him. Let's haul him out. Let's pull him out. That's how it was done. So you, 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 you got holy, you got clean to go into the holy presence of God. Well, God said, I don't change. I've never changed. I've never changed. But guess what? Now we have that same holy presence of God residing in us. 
So as we start to think through and, 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 oh, I don't go to church. I am the church. And that's why he said, be holy as I'm holy. Man, that, that's, 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 that's tough. Um, last week, we began exploring the portion of the New Testament where the word church, the Greek word, what I've shared before is ecclesia, was first used in the 16th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? As I shared before, Caesarea Philippi, at the, at the foot of Mount Hermon, about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, uh, named uh, Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea, named after Caesar, who people considered a god, or son of God, or godlike. Uh, Philippi, Philip, uh, named after, hey, I'm the governor of the area, I get to call the shot. So I'm not going to call this place Sacramento, I'm going to call it Mark David Meeks. Uh, President Obama, slash President Obama, or something like that. Well, that's the same thing that was going on here. We're going to call it Caesarea Philippi. Well, this place couldn't be more pagan. Not just a-religious, but pagan. They just, just, just pagan. They, 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 they worship idols, and they worship uh, uh, Pan, uh, the, you know, just kind of the, the god of the environment. It was just, that, that's, that's just what they do. I mean, again, not to, you know, dead fish do what dead fish do. They're just dead. They just float downstream. So, it's, so this area is pagan. It's anything but uh, God-fearing. And so when they came to this region, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Uh, as we shared this is Jesus' favorite self-designation, the Son of Man. It was both uh, something for humanity in general uh, and had something uh, deeper uh, even beyond that. Uh, there was a spiritual component. And as we shared in uh, uh, Daniel 7, we saw uh, that in, uh, where Daniel writes, In my vision I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, someone who was significant, a man of man, a leader of men, the son of man. Oh, he's, he's the man. He's the man's man. That's, that's son of man. So it's on a horizontal level. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a salutation. It's a designation that you are the leader of leaders, the leader of men. But clearly, uh, Jesus wasn't like just going back and asking the disciples, uh, what's your interpretation of uh, Daniel 7? He wasn't asking that. Uh, as I said, Jesus used this term to refer to himself more than any other term. Uh, in the Gospels, the Son of Man is used, about Jesus, is used by Jesus 80 times. 80 times. 32 times in Matthew. 14 times in Mark. 26 times in Luke. 10 times in John. And in all of these texts, Jesus is always the speaker. And no, no one else addressed him as the Son of Man. He addressed himself, I'm the Son of Man. Jesus was connecting the dots of the Old Testament vision to himself. So Jesus asked his disciples, essentially, what's the word on the street? What's the buzz on the street about me, the Son of Man? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Say, as I shared then, I share now. People have opinions about everything. If you ask somebody, well, what do you think? Well, I think. Well, I, you know, this is how I see things. 
And so this is exactly what was going on here. So he asked his disciples a direct question, and what do they do? Well, some people say you're John the Baptist. Well, he was beheaded. Well, even Herod started, it's like, man, I killed this cat. And he's, he's back now, and he's starting to uh, uh, be around and, and, and to, to be a part of uh, uh, the conversation now. What's wrong with it? He's like, no, no, no. It's, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Why Elijah? Elijah was because he was, uh, he was prophesied. It was prophesied in the Old Testament that at the end of times, uh, Elijah would come back and set things right. And the same thing about Jeremiah, kind of the leader of the prophets, if you will, that Jeremiah would, would come back along with Isaiah and set things right. Sounds like today. People are looking for someone to set things right. They're looking for things, you know, to, to, to make things better, to, to, to make things great, if you will. Uh, we're we're, we're going to set things right. We're gonna, we're gonna, but it's always on a horizontal plane. Not a vertical plane. It's always on a horizontal plane. Um, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I, I, I'll pick a prophet. Um, so who is Jesus? Everybody has an impression. Much of it wrong. And that's why a majority of this people, um, majority of people in this country will say, when asked, are they Christian? Uh, they'll say, yes, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. Are you? You're, you're really a Christ follower? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. But as we look at the definition of what a Christ, to be a Christ follower is, we really don't fit that definition. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't fit that definition. Uh, but if my knowledge is incomplete, if my knowledge is incomplete, then I can fill it in any way that fits what I think. Again, the world is filled with opinion and feelings, especially when it comes to Christ. I think. I feel. So Jesus pushes the disciples. What, what about you? He asks. Who do you say I am? Using two words to grab their attention. But you. He, he, he redirects the conversation from the general and brings it right to the Pacific. What about you? What about you? I mean, it was, it was appropriate 2,000 years ago, and it's appropriate now. Uh, I, I understand what people say. I understand what others think. Uh, you guys have essentially left everything you know, you were fishermen, you were tax collectors, whatever you were doing before in your livelihood, you've, you've abandoned that. You've forsaken everything, and now you're following me. What do you think? Uh, so Peter, responding on behalf of uh, the disciples, says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. All of the people that the disciples suggested spoke on a level of getting things right on the horizontal. We're going to get everything right on the horizontal. Peter says, you're the Messiah. You're the promised one. You're the Christ, uh, the son of the living God. Messiah, Hebrew word, translated in Greek, it means the anointed one. Uh, again, a highly exalted title and, 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 and view that it draws a bright line between uh, the person and God. It, 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 it frames a person with special powers and, and functions. Uh, the priests were anointed ones. 
The priests were anointed ones. Um, people that were called for specific responsibilities or jobs, they were anointed one. But Peter takes it further and is saying, yeah, you're the anointed one, uh, but in fact, you're the son of the living God. See, what, what I shared before and now, he didn't say, you know, that's what people think. You know, well, I'm just a fisherman. What do I know? I don't know much. You know, Jesus, you're asking us? You know, people are already, they're, they're throwing out some pretty good, some pretty good uh, uh, possibilities here. Uh, he doesn't go for that. Uh, our profession of faith uh, ought, to, ought to and must fit uh, with our, uh, line up with our actions. See, if we, know, if we know him as the anointed one of God, then I'll respond to him accordingly. Or to put it another way, uh, if I'm uncertain as to who he is, then I'll be uncertain about my faith. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm confused about who God is, or if I'm confused about Christ, really, if I, if I really don't know, you know, yeah, he was God's son, yeah, he died on the cross, that was pretty, you know, I saw uh, the passion of Christ, that was pretty mean what they did to him. Yeah, yeah, he just kind of forgave some sins, and yeah, better him than me, you know. If, if that's the extent of our knowledge and relationship with him, then our, our, our relationship uh, is very much stunted. The Messiah. See, the Jews were looking for uh, the reestablishing of David's throne. If you look at 2 Samuel in the 7th chapter, uh, then, like now, they're looking for people to make things right, fix things. Yeah? If we just elect the right person, if we just got the right tax rate, if I just got the right job, if I just got, you know, if I just had the right opportunity, if, if, if I just met and married the right person, if the horizontal was taken care of, boy, things would be wonderful. No, you'd still be you. And that would only last for a minute. That, that, that euphoria, that joy, that, that whatever that you would feel for a minute. But nothing on the vertical will have changed. And that's where Peter says, you are the Messiah, but you are also the son of the living God. So today we pick up at the 17th verse, and we deal with just two verses as Jesus responds to uh, what Peter said. He, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So Jesus addresses Peter in full form, uh, first and last names, so to speak, Simon, son of Jonah. Uh, he, he then lets him know clearly that what he had just said had nothing to do with anything uh, on the horizontal plane. He didn't think it up. He didn't ponder it. He didn't figure it out. No one whispered the answer in his ear. What Peter said was a direct revelation from the Father. There's a point worth pondering. Do we really know when we begin and end and where the Holy Spirit kicks in? Do, do, do we really know that? I mean, do, do we really know that? Or is that just kind of one, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you know, me and God, God and me, and I'm, you know. Uh, uh, there are times in our life, and there ought to be times in our life, let me put it that way, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and reveals something to you that 
you've been studying, you've been pondering, you've been thinking about something, and you can't, you can't understand it, you can't figure it out, you don't see any way clear. Holy Spirit speaks and reveals, and it's like, wow, where'd that come from? That's the Holy Spirit. That's all the difference in the world. Uh, what Peter said was a direct revelation from the Father. Um, see, um, I'd like a bolt out of the sky. The Holy Spirit of God moves, and things become very clear. I'm sure, I'm certain Peter didn't know what he was saying. Um, he knew, and he confessed Jesus as God, the rescuer, someone capable of doing miraculous things. Uh, but as we shared last week, it's altogether different to declare that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God. See, remember, the Jews are monotheists, the Shema, hero, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And Peter got beside himself. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he said, uh, you are the son of the living God. Wow. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's a big deal. Without thinking, uh, Peter is used of God to make an incredible confession that Jesus said, you didn't have anything to do with it. It's kind of like the fish that uh, when it came tax time, uh, you just reached in the fish's mouth, pull out the coin. It's like, pay your taxes. So, so what are you saying? What I'm saying is we not only need to know where we begin and end and where the Holy Spirit kicks in, but we're not all that. We're not all that. See, Peter was being used of God. He was, he was in the right place at the right time and answered the question correctly, not because he was so intelligent, but because God used him at that point in time. See, we have to be in the, we have to really just be in the position to be used. You know, again, I am not a, I am, I, I'm not a hater, but I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm just not. I, I'm not. But one thing for sure they have an incredible bench. And they, when, when their number is called, when the opportunity is extended to them, it just seems like whoever is called is used and they perform. They, they are, you said that too loud. Uh, I'm not a fan. You, did, you didn't hear me. I'm not, I'm not a fan. But that's, but that's they, they, they are in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. See, it, the coach the coach, if you will, is, is calling the shot. I need you to go in there. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. If you do that, then we'll win. But if you try and do it on your own and you try and uh, 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 freelance and you, you just do you, then it's like, then we'll lose. And we've seen that played out in these basketball games. It's like when we play as a team, we win. When we play as individuals, we lose. So without thinking, uh, Peter is used to connect the dots. Jesus then uh, responds or proceeds to say, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. See, this is... Uh, whether we know it or not, this is one of the most, if not the most, debated verses 
in the entire Bible. This, this, this one, Matthew 16, 18, right here, you know, it just seems like, well, Pastor Meeks, you said about this verse, this was, uh, this was a, a hot button issue. This is the hottest of the hottest buttons uh, to be pressing. Um, on the one hand, it's very simple and straightforward, but on the other hand, it has been the, it's, it's the source of schism uh, within the body of Christ. See, John records that Peter, who was Andrew's brother, uh, was introduced to uh, Jesus early on. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which then translated, which when translated is Peter. Uh, Jesus gives Simon a new name that he will be called. Uh, we pronounce it Cephas. Uh, actually, it's pronounced Kephas in Aramaic. Or Peter in Greek, which means stone in both languages. Stone. It's, that's, that's, that's all it means. Uh, without reading too much into it, I, and again, I don't want to go out on a theological limb or follow a rabbit trail, we see here in the first chapter of John, Jesus said, you will be called uh, Kephas, Cephas. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, you are Peter. Uh, and I tell you, uh, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So this, just unpack this. Is the, is, is the rock Peter? Is the rock what he said, his profession? Is the rock his faith? Is the rock Jesus? See, the confusion, debate, and disagreement center around the words, the words that's being used. Peter's name is masculine, and it means stone or rock, petros. The word translated rock here in the 18th verse of the 16th chapter uh, is petra, in feminine. Some argue that Petra applies to a larger stone like a cliff, and Petros is a chip off the old block, so to speak. Uh, but, there's no, the, but there's more. As I said, there's no distinction in the Aramaic. The same word is used for both. Kephas is used for both, for both Peter and for the rock that's being, uh, that Jesus uh, uh, uses here in this 18th verse. So what's your point in all of this? I am amazed how we can tie ourselves up into religious knots and the body of Christ can be uh, twisted like a pretzel. You've seen that game Twister, you know, right foot blue, right hand red. And, and before you know it, you're all wrapped up and it's just like, oh, and then you come crashing and you, and you fall. Uh, because, we're, again, as I keep saying, we're focused on uh, the, the bark of one tree got our nose pressed really close to the bark of one tree and missed the whole force that's being uh, displayed before us. Jesus quoting from, Jesus, quoting from the 118th Psalm uh, would later declare, uh, have you never read in the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. 
and it's marvelous in our eyes. And as Peter would later write to the church as it was first forming, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So, here we go. We see both the focus, the rock, the stone, the cornerstone is Christ, yet Peter had a significant role in the launch of the church, the ecclesia. It, unschooled, ordinary. This is just Peter. Who's this cat? He, all, he can't even, you know, I'm gonna like, like Dr. Seuss, redfish, bluefish, one fish, two fish. That's about it for Peter. He's not, he's not the brightest bulb on the tree. He's a fisherman. He's not. He's there at the, as the church is forming. He's schooling everybody around him. Let me tell you about something. Let me explain about this, this whole stone business that, that God had, 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 he had called his shot thousands of years ago. And he said, hey, there's going to be coming a day when the cornerstone's going to be, it's going to cause some of y'all to stumble. But it's going to be the cornerstone, the chief, the, the chief stone to the building that's going to yet be built. And guess what? It's right here. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, undoubtedly, Jesus was inferring that the, uh, that the connecting of the dots that Peter had just articulated, which Peter didn't think of on his own, remember that, is the essence of what the church would become. As the message version of the 18th verse reads, just capsulize it, this is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. That's the church. That's, that's the church. Uh, I'm closing. It's almost a wrap right now. So what is the ecclesia? What is the ecclesia? The gathering. The church. Well, at least three things. At least three things. One, it's Christ-centered. It's Christ-centered. Founded on a rock. Two, it's Christ-built. Three, it never ends. The gates, the might, the strength of Hades, the place of the dead, will not be able to overwhelm it. What are you saying? That even when I die, even when you die, that the church will still go on. Death has no, no prominence. It has no power over the church. The work of the church will go on. It has gone on. It will go on. And it will forever go on. That's the church. It's Christ-centered. It's Christ-built. And it never ends. Nothing can overwhelm it. So what's the consequence? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, there's at least three points to that. It uses me, but it isn't dependent on me. The church uses me, but it's not dependent on me. You know, as they say, they use the old metaphor about a cup of water in the ocean. You know, it's, it makes room for you. You know, you pour a cup in there. It's like, come on in, the water's good. Take a cup out. 
Didn't miss you. Didn't know you were gone. That's the church. Uh, two, it will go on forever. It never ends. Not even death, persecution, or even presidential elections in the United States have no power over the church. That ought to reassure and cause calm for each and every one of us. That while the world is in a tither and worried about, well, if we just get this right on the horizontal, if we just do this right, it doesn't give us, it doesn't give us permission or latitude to do stupid stuff. But at the same time, even when stupid stuff happens, the church goes on. And lastly, the church is not religion. The church is not religion. The consequence is it uses me, but it isn't dependent on me. It will go on forever. It never ends. And the church is not religion. If it were religion, Jesus would have just came to fulfill the same behavior that was going on at the time when he came, that God had put in place. I established training wheels. I established a framework for you to look through so you would understand what the church is all about, uh, what, what relationship is all about. But then you started to worship the, 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 the tools, the instruments, uh, instead of worshiping the objective of the instruments. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, if, if, if someone invited me over uh, for dinner and they, they, they prepared dinner or something or breakfast, and uh, uh, it's like, I'm here for breakfast, but all of a sudden you're admiring how well you made a scrambled egg. It's like, seriously? I, it's just an egg. That's all it is. But look at that egg. Doesn't that egg look good? It looks nice and yellow. It's fluffy. Look, look, look at that egg. It's just, it's just you take a picture of it. You know, I got salt and pepper and a little parsley on it. It just, that's a good egg. I'm starving. I'm hungry. Can I eat? But look at that egg. Look at that egg. If we're not careful, that's what it becomes, what we pass off as the church. Religious behavior substituting for real relationship with God. Did he preach? Boy, didn't he preach? He preached. Boy, that boy preached. Didn't she sing? Oh, boy, did she sing. She sung the socks off of people. Didn't she sing? Did she sing, boy? She sang. Man, she sang. Did you see, did you see that Bible lesson I did? Man, I really exegeted that point. Man, I just, I nailed it. Boy, yeah, people were sitting there. They were, the eyes were rolling in the back of their head. They were so happy, you know? And God is like, who are you? Who are you? But that's, that's what we do if we're not careful. If we're not careful, you would never do that. You would never, ever, ever do that. You would never do that. See, but, if, but, but, but folks need to be on guard to recognize that religious behavior is, is, it is what it is. It's just religious behavior. It's no relationship. Bring all the flowers I want. But if the object of my affection is asking for food, not flowers, What's the point? Let's pray.